1: Thank you so much for having us. By the way, while you're getting ready to do come sit interviews, which I know is like kind of stressful
0: time.
2: I am actually like pretty fast with glam. Like I just don't like sitting. I'm so antsy. Like I didn't like sitting in school.
1: I'm Emily Chang, and this is the circuit. Today, I'm doing something I never thought I would as a business journalist: heading to meet my next guest on a soundstage in a very special bathroom.
3: All right, quiet on set, and action on Haley.
1: What's up, you guys? It's Hailey, and welcome to another episode of Who's in My Bathroom. She's a trendsetter, magazine cover girl, and wife of one of the world's most famous pop stars. But Haley Bieber wants you to know, there's so much more. She recently launched her own beauty brand, Road, using a celeb-to-entrepreneur playbook that involves going direct to her audience on social media. I met Bieber on the set of her YouTube show. Who's in my bathroom, where she interviews other famous faces? I wanted to learn more about her content to commerce strategy, plus how she handles the highs and lows of internet stardom on the very platforms that helped her start her business. Here's my conversation with Haley Rode Bieber. Hello. Hello. How's it going? How are you? What are the must-haves in the uh, who's-in-my-bathroom glam routine? (laughs) (laughs) The must-haves in the glam
2: routine, I'm always so big on the skin prep, so it has to be really good, like, hydrating, dewy, moisturizing skin prep, Mm -hmm. which obviously we use Rode to prep the skin always. And also hydrated lips, because I feel like you're sitting in the makeup chair. Like, I'm sure you can relate when you're, like, in your hair and makeup. You're sitting there for so long. And I feel like your lips get dry.
1: Do you ever count the hours that you've spent sitting here? I, I would house. be embarrassed too, to be honest. So do you get nervous when you're doing these interviews? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I think for
2: me, it's not even like a nervousness. It's just more about, like, anticipation anxiety a little mm-hmm. bit, about wanting to make the person feel comfortable, especially if we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. It's usually easier if I know the person
1: mm-hmm. ahead of time because, you know, we've already totally. met. We know a little bit about each other. You had Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. on the show, like... Did she make you nervous or was that like, did that feel like comfortable? She's so kind and so sweet that honestly, she made
2: me feel really, really comfortable and made it easy for me. Mm -hmm. So what's your prep routine like? One interviewer to another. I just don't like to overdo it because I like for it to flow very naturally. Most of the time I read like the questions that they've come up with that to keep in mind and then I never ask any of them. I just go off and ask kind of like my own things that come to mind as we're sitting there. But I think it's always good to know like what that person has been up to and their interests and mm-hmm. where they're from and start with that. It's kind of like going on a date. <laughs> In
1: what way? Like you just
2: ask the person about them and get to know them. I love
1: it. The best yeah. interviewers too, I feel like are good listeners. Being able to follow our conversation. Totally. Not just not just lead the conversation, which nobody wants to do, right? So you're going direct to your audience with this. Mm-hmm. And you know the internet's not always a nice place. It's been Mm kind of hard on you sometimes, Mm -hmm. hard on your marriage. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to own and be in control of your own attention?
2: It's a more comfortable experience for me that way. I think it's really hard with the internet as it is about, you know, there's there's narratives that exist for anybody who's in the public eye Mm -hmm. and there's narratives that exist for me that really hurt my feelings and make me really upset. But I think that I have had a lot more comfort in being able to create my own content that I have control over that feels good for me.
1: How are you evolving? How you use social media?
2: I have a great relationship with my channel with YouTube because I've found for YouTube to be a really embracing, positive place. Mm -hmm. I have a love-hate relationship with TikTok because I've found for it to be a very nasty, negative place, Mm -hmm. but it is also a place where I really like sharing content because I really like the beauty community that's Mm -hmm. attached to TikTok. And I've felt very embraced by that beauty community and other beauty creators and fellow lovers of skincare and makeup and beauty. So that's why, that's my love side of TikTok Mm -hmm. and my hate side of it is a little bit like, it's such a negative place. Mm -hmm. And when people are talking about negativity, on TikTok and when they're talking about you, you have a face and a voice to the things that are being said. So it feels a lot more of like a personal attack on you Mm -hmm. when you see someone vocalizing it. So that's been really hard for me. And I try to stay away Mm -hmm. from that side of it as much Mm -hmm. as I can. And Instagram has always been for me just like somewhere where I like sharing my life and Mm -hmm. family photos of my dogs. And, you know, I get to, you know, control that content as well as much as possible. And it's always been such a great tool. So I think the overarching thing for me with all social media is just it's a love hate relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think there needs to be boundaries with it, as with anything yeah. in life. Yeah.
1: Well, you've done so many of these get ready with me's. We've seen so much of you behind the scenes. And like, how have you gotten comfortable with letting people see you so vulnerable? I mean, you're, ch- you're we're, like,
2: we're behind the scenes <laughs> with you right now. You're in a bathroom. Like- <laughs>
1: well, I've gotten more comfortable
2: because I think it's allowed people to get to know me more. Yeah. And I do think it has helped people to see more sides of me without making assumptions. I think people make really fast, quick assumptions. And I think when they get to see me in these different settings, they can at least just digest it and be like, oh, okay, like that seems like that's how she is and this is what she does and that's her job. And I would just rather let people in in a way that's comfortable for me. Yeah. And do you feel like a push on social media to be more and more authentic? I feel like a push to just do what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. In the beginning, it was a little bit uncomfortable for me to put myself out there a little bit more or let people in in these ways. I've always seen the like positive response to mm-hmm. it, where I've had people come up to me and say, hey, I really appreciated that you talked about this, or I really liked that you did this, or when you talked about you know, your health struggles. Like it really like spoke to me because I went through something like that. So if it will help create more connection with people, then
3: I love that. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at stiefel.com. That's S T I F E L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas and Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You
0: know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at QuickBooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
1: We got to be on the set of Who's in My Bathroom, which is yeah. so cool. Connect the dots for us. Like, how does Who's in My Bathroom connect to Road, connect to the growing of this brand, and what you want? to see out of it? So
2: I think from the beginning, the content portion of everything was really important. And at the same time that I was developing the concept of road, I had this concept at the same time of starting a YouTube channel. And I felt that YouTube was the right space for me because I feel like from what I've noticed that the audience that connects with someone through YouTube, it's more sincere in my opinion. And I felt like it was an opportunity for me to just show people what I'm into, what I'm passionate about, what I'm about. And I had this idea of doing this kind of like sit down, hang in a really obscure place like the bathroom. And the concept really did come from like, when you're having a night out and you're like in the bathroom with your drink and like fixing your makeup and you're like chatting with your girls, like, oh my God, like my ex is here. Like you just like have these like conversations in the bathroom and I feel like that's where like women really connect a lot of the time. And then also on top of that, I always tell people that like when you go to the Met Gala, like the most crazy, part of it is like happening in the bathroom and you always see those pictures of people from the Met Gala bathroom and it's because it's true like everybody's kind of like congregated in there and talking and chatting and there's pictures happening so all of those things that I've like experienced in real life was how I came up with the concept of who's in my bathroom and I wanted us to be able to have like real conversations, be able to talk about our passions and our businesses and things that we love and get silly and drink tequila and like get a little tipsy and just like make mac and cheese mm-hmm. and eat food. And I and I genuinely wanted to bring people on that like our friends, our new friends, are, you know, people who I admire and it just kind of really turned into this thing of like this connection point and community and it's been so, so, so much fun and such a good journey. And all while doing that, on the other side of things, we were weaving in conversations early, early, early on about skincare, about beauty, about you know, we were, like, using road on camera before people even knew road right. was road. It didn't, so, but
1: it didn't yeah, exist, at it, least to the it, public. To the
2: public it didn't exist, but we were feeding it in the whole entire time so that it would just be this kind of natural evolution, and it has continued to be this natural mm-hmm. evolution. There's nothing better than being able to kind of really have ownership over your own platform and mm-hmm. it be this this machine that's kind of funneling all things in one
1: space. Mm -hmm. Well, you are multi-platform in a multimedia world.
2: And it continues and it's been really fun. You know, we're doing what's in my kitchen, which Mm -hmm. is just kind of like recipes and cooking. And like, I really, really love to cook. And I've definitely been getting more and more into my little recipes and stuff. It's really just because I like sharing things with people. I don't like to gatekeep things. I wanna like (laughs) share the things that I find to be delicious with the world. I wanna share things that I find to be great skincare Mm -hmm. hacks with the world. So, you know, that's really, what we're doing
1: well I appreciate you sharing I'm of learning new tips every day this one I was like oh I've never seen that and one. then I saw that on TikTok where I'm just like
2: that's what I mean about this community of like there's so much to learn there's so much to connect over and I think that's what makes it really fun
1: before you started a company what was your impression of Silicon Valley and what it takes to be a founder
2: um honestly I didn't really know I don't really feel like you know what it takes and what it's like and how it is until you're actually in the process. I felt like I went into it very honest about what I didn't know, and I feel like I'm still honest about what I don't know, and that's why there are so many people that are experts in their fields around all of this. So I kind of just always went into it asking a million and one questions, but I feel like I'm, I'm a fast learner and I really love to absorb information. So that was kind of my biggest thing from the beginning is just asking all the questions and really trying to absorb the information and then also just living through it and kind of learning as I go.
1: Elon Musk has said starting a company is like staring into the abyss and Mm -hmm. eating glass. Hmm. How did it feel for you?
2: (laughs) Um, I think anything that you take a a leap of faith with is scary Uh and I think that you never really know how it's gonna be received until it's out there in the world and that's a huge risk to take. But I felt really confident in in our brand and like what the idea was behind it and because it's my like baby and I'm just like in it every single day and I am so passionate about it and I'm so involved with it. My hand is so involved in everything that I trust for it to be out in the world. And maybe that makes me sound like a little <laughs> bit of a control freak but that's because with this I am like I really I'm just passionate about being involved in every aspect of mm-hmm. it because I really want people to, to know and to feel like it's me and yep. it's a representation of me. And I also just want the products to be awesome. Yeah.
1: So no eating glass moment. Far.
2: That's like a very like broad <laughs> thing, you know, eating glass. I mean, it's definitely, yeah, I get there's, there's pains to it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of growing pains. There's a lot of learning pains mm-hmm. and we're still learning every single day. So I I get the eating glass
1: thing for sure. (laughs) What kind of market research did you do? Like, did you try everything from Walgreens to Chanel? And where did you see something missing?
0: That's exactly where I started
2: actually. It was during the pandemic. And I am someone who like I'll say is a skincare and beauty junkie. I kind of always have been since I was a little kid. I remember always loving going in my mom's bathroom and trying all her stuff and her creams and her makeup and everything. And then also my mom's mom, my grandma, she always loved like creams and skincare. She had this crazy obsession with it my whole life. So I felt like I was always trying their stuff and they were always showing me and telling me about things that they really liked that always kind of stuck with me. And when the pandemic hit, I was like, all right, this is the time that I really wanna nail down my idea nail down what it is I wanna do. And I started with exactly what you're talking about, which was trying everything Mm -hmm. that was on the market. Mm -hmm. I was like online shopping every single day. (laughs) Like I'm gonna try all the best sellers at Sephora. I'm gonna try all the best sellers from this place. Like I'm gonna just get everything. And I would literally get deliveries of like hordes of skincare and beauty stuff and I was just trying everything, what works, what doesn't, what's popular, what's Mm -hmm. not. And that kind of really helped me hone down, which was already my philosophy that like less is more. Mm -hmm. I found that the more simple that I kept it, the easier it was to maintain that routine and the better it was for my skin. So that was really... How I got there.
1: Initially there was a super long waiting list. Was scarcity part of the plan or part of the strategy? People want what they can't have? or No,
2: I I almost wish that it, it was because then maybe that would be a better explanation for why. We did as much demand planning as we could for what we were projecting was going to be the feedback and the popularity, but it just completely far exceeded everyone's planning and expectations, mm-hmm. which is such an amazing thing but I wanted everybody to get their hands on it as soon as they could but it's just when you're up against supply chain issues and there's so many brands have been struggling with supply chain for Mm -hmm. especially since you know COVID happened but you know I think now we finally are in a place where we really know the metrics and we understand what the numbers are and It just takes time to gather all of that information. Mm -hmm. So I am very grateful that people have been patient and like stuck it out and waited. My goal with the brand is always to do the best that we can and get it to people as fast as we can. You know, people from all over the world have been asking for it and asking for it. And I'm like, if I could snap my fingers tomorrow and get it everywhere at one Mm -hmm. time, I totally would. It's just, it takes time
1: and planning. So let's talk about the growth plan because you are expanding globally. Mm -hmm. What's the ambition there? Where do you want to be? What about new products? I want to be everywhere
2: possible. Like I said before, it just takes strategy and planning. And, you know, I want it to go into different territories and different places and to be able to have the inventory we need to do that and to have the plans in place to be able to do that. So with Canada, that was what we felt like was the next best um, territory to enter into. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only because it is right here, right, you know, basically the neighbor to the U.S., but also because my husband's Canadian, so I really felt like Canada needed to go next, and then our plan is to then go into the U.K., and we're kind of just taking it one place at a time and seeing what naturally is the next
1: place and naturally is the next step. You've said that people approached you to do a skincare line without giving you any real control. Mm -hmm. Like, why not take the easy route and not eating glass (laughs) routes?
2: I care so much about my vision for the brand and I think what's been so nice for me and and the most fun part is that I'm able to really bring my vision to life without so many people giving me so many different inputs and telling me well we think it should be this way. I have such an amazing team who really wants to help execute my vision and I think sometimes when you go work with an incubator or work with a brand that's already established, mm-hmm. it's like they just want you to do what their vision is mm-hmm. and I just don't find that to be very innovative, at least not for me.
1: There's a lot of folks who think celebrities don't get into the details mm-hmm. of their brands. Mm-hmm. Like what are you doing here on a day-to-day basis? Sounds like you're pretty deep in the details. <laughs> um, I'm very, very deep
2: in the details. I'm the creative director of the brand, so mm-hmm. all of the packaging, all of the concepts for the photo shoots the concepts for our mailers, for the colorways, Mm -hmm. to the, everything that you could imagine that has to do with the creative direction of the entire brand is like, that's my job here. Mm -hmm. And also the formulation is my, also the other thing that I'm the most involved in. So testing the products, talking about what I want to be the next product, you know, figuring out our timeline and the pipeline for what we want to come and when we want it to come and kind of going back and forth about new iterations. When we were developing, like for example, our Barrier Restore Cream, we, had 17 different versions of it because I was like, "Mm, I think this needs to be a little bit different and then the viscosity of it and then this thing and then this thing and then like at the end we got there after like the 17th try. Mm -hmm. And that stuff takes a long time because Mm -hmm. it's like you gotta test it, send it back, like tell the lab, the lab has to tweak it, they have to read, like it takes time to get it Mm -hmm. right the two biggest things actually are the aesthetic and what it makes you feel and then the actual product itself that you're using i wanted it to be so 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 effective and like really feel luxurious and great and really work and be great for the skin so it's like those two pillars in the brand are the two pillars that i am like the most involved in and then all of the decisions that are being made i i involve myself in because Mm -hmm. like i said like maybe that's because i'm a little bit of a control freak with it (laughs) and i just i really just want to know and learn and be in the loop of everything because Mm -hmm. it's just this brand is like so important to me
1: so are you and justin like
2: digging into spreadsheets late at night (laughs) (laughs) um him not so much but maybe me a little bit more he um Yeah, he's definitely also, I run things by him all the time, and he gives his input, and I I appreciate that for sure.
1: I know you're funding most of this with your own money. Yeah. Are you planning to take on new investment or raise new funding?
2: I think if the time comes where that makes sense and it's necessary, then I will and I would. But for right now, it has not been the case, and it hasn't been needed. We're just trying to take it slow. I mean, my goal is to retain as much of the company as I possibly can as we expand and as we grow, Mm -hmm. and that was my goal from the beginning, and that's why I put the most money in, because I really cared about the ownership aspect, and that's another reason why when you have incubators come along, people don't want to give you the ownership that I think um, that I
1: wanted. Do you feel like you're taking a risk?
2: I do, yeah. I think anybody who decides to put their own money and their time into something and put their belief behind it and, and really put their like passion into it. I mean, there's no guarantees in any of this. Mm-hmm. People could have got their hands on the product and been like, hey, it's just not for me and I really don't like it. And it not turned out to be what it is now. And that would have been a hard pill to swallow, but you know, that would have just meant that it wasn't meant to be. But I think that this is something for me that feels really like my thing. This feels like very, mm-hmm. very meant to be for me. And it's the thing I'm the most passionate about in, in my career mm-hmm. at this time.
1: Who are your beauty business role models? Who are the, the people that you admire?
2: I think there's a, a, a lot of people that have gone and done this before me. I think I have a lot of people in my life and friends of mine that have even developed their own brands and businesses that I'm just like so impressed by. And I think what's nice about that is there's people to be able to run things by and have those conversations with. Mm-hmm. and. To be honest, I, I admire any woman who takes the leap of faith to launch their own business. Mm-hmm. Any single person that has done this, especially women, I feel like there's just so much respect and admiration. I feel very embraced by like the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. I feel very embraced by other founders mm-hmm. in the beauty industry, and I think that that community
1: has been so important for me and continues to be important for me in this space. Mm-hmm. How are you thinking about an exit strategy? Like, long term? Do you want to go public? Do you want to sell a big steak like Kylie Jenner? I think right now I'm not even necessarily thinking
2: about it because, I mean, of course, like, I have my goals for the brand, I have goals that we want to reach. Right now I'm focused on, like, what's our next peptide lip treatment coming out and, like, What is Where the are we launching video? next? Right. Yeah, like I just think it's not even really like at the forefront of my mind. It's mm-hmm. kind of like looming in the background of like, yes, eventually I think that's probably the goal, but mm-hmm. I just don't even know what that looks like yet.
1: Internet's always talking. There's people think you might be expanding into clothes. Is yeah. that for real? I
2: love, clothes. I love my style. I love fashion. I don't think that that is something that is at like the front right now for me, but I did do this collaboration with Wardrobe NYC. Mm -hmm. That's Christine Centenara's brand, and she's an amazing, very, very talented stylist, and she's the editor of Vogue Australia. We did this collaboration together, and I did find that it did kind of awaken that passion in me once again. And I think it's not off the table. I think that would just be a separate venture mm. than this. What about mood board?
1: You trademarked mood board. I did trademark What's mood board.
2: Happening um, I did trademark that for clothes because I just kind of, I like the idea that this, this word mood board, like I'm such a big person that likes to mood board things. Mm-hmm. I mood board my hair and makeup inspiration, mm. and I mood board... Inspiration for for the road campaign mm-hmm. shoots, I mood board inspiration for my fashion. So I kind of just liked this idea of like calling something mood board um, and yeah, I just, I wanted to nail that down and have it on the back burner. It may never come to life. <laughs> it may be for something else, who knows? But I just kind of wanted to, I had had that name in my mind mm-hmm. for a long
1: time. So we'll stay tuned, maybe. Stay tuned! Perhaps <laughs> Mood Board will come okay. to see the light of day. Okay, I mean, you know this, there are a lot of celebrity beauty brands mm-hmm. out there. Some people think it's almost a cliche. Yeah. But what's gonna make yours stand out? I hope what's making my stand out
2: is Kind of our approach of one of everything good. Like, we really aren't focused on oversaturation, overwhelming people. I think one of my biggest things that I noticed with being a consumer of skincare and beauty was like if I went on a website and it felt like I don't even know what to choose at this Mm -hmm. point. Like, what's right for me? What's not? Should I just try everything? Should I not? Like, I don't like the the feeling of being overwhelmed because it makes me just want to give up. I want people's experience to be that they go on the website, they come to our page, whatever it is, however they've come across us and found our products that they feel like this is simple to the point and it's effective mm-hmm. and it it looks nice in your bathroom. It's, you know, it's appealing like you get your hands on it and and you like feel like you're a part of something. So I feel like our approach is just always going to be that one of everything good and really not trying to overwhelm the consumer mm-hmm. and just these curated, edited essentials. And that's why our drops are always very much one at a time type mm-hmm. of a thing. And I think there's probably some people that, you know, maybe would like for it to be faster or more to come quicker, but I think that it's always worth it to wait and to get the, the product perfect yeah. and to... Let people's attention be focused on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. I, I can't focus on too many things at once right. because it's just too overwhelming for me. So I
1: want to make the experience not overwhelming for mm-hmm. a customer. There have been a number of celebrity beauty band brands or brands that bet on celebrities that mm-hmm. haven't worked out. Yeah. And I wonder if you, you know, just being connected to a famous face, it seems, mm-hmm. isn't enough. And that's like, this is from the point of view of consumers. Yeah. Um, do you worry at all that you missed the wave? The wave of celebrity beauty brands when the economy was going well and mm-hmm. people felt like they had a lot of disposable income to try new things.
2: I don't feel like that's the case. I do feel like people had a fatigue of mm. celebrity beauty brands. That is a tongue twister. <laughs> I, know. Um, I felt like when I announced the brand, of course there was people that were like, oh, here we go. Here's another one. And I'm like, I get that. I understand. I'm also coming from the point of view where I'm like, trust me, I know, but this is my approach and it is different to other people that's going to speak to people and they're going to want to be a part of that or they're not. And to the people that don't want to be part of that, that's okay too. I understand both sides, but you know, I really wanted the brand to just stand on its own and speak for itself. And my goal from the beginning was that this brand, if you took me out of it, would stand on its own regardless of me. And I know that a lot of people know that it's my brand and and it is my brand, but my hope would be that as we continue to expand and we grow that like maybe someone doesn't know that it's my brand and they get their hands on it and they're like, I just love this product. I love this cream. I love this lip treatment. And you could kind of just not have to want it or like it or buy it because it's associated to me, but just because the products are speaking for themselves. And I do feel like I
1: see that happening. I'm so curious what you bring to this from your modeling career, because you worked as a model for Mm -hmm. legacy fashion houses. What did you learn about what it takes to build a brand that lasts?
2: I've learned so much about like creativity from that side of things. My favorite thing to shoot in, in the modeling side of things has always been these really creative, interesting editorials, like these stories that we're like bringing to life. And I feel like that was the biggest thing that I brought over was this kind of like editorial approach to the imagery and an editorial um, approach to the to the packaging and the bottles. Like I wanted to take the world of of that and mix it with skincare and kind of like open people up to this world of like chic, cool, minimal, great imagery Mm -hmm. that kind of stands out and feels different to other
3: brands. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time.
0: Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
1: Mm-hmm. So your, your fashion and makeup tips can either spark like the next big beauty trend
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you get some serious backlash. And I'm curious if you're ever surprised how the world reacts. I think that that's the internet.
2: And I think that's unfortunately the world we live in today. I think that the internet is a beautiful place to build community. And that's why I spoke before about the beauty community. Like I felt very embraced by that. And I love the way that people come together in that community. But I also have experienced a very negative side. I think that it obviously makes me Sad because I feel very misunderstood, and I feel like there sometimes is nothing. There's nothing you can do to try to get people to understand you and know you. But mm-hmm. I think that the the bad side and the negative side of the internet doesn't outweigh the good side and mm-hmm. the positive side. And I'm about mm-hmm. bringing people together and spreading positivity and spreading love, and like that's what I'm just going to continue to mm-hmm. focus on, regardless mm-hmm. of the negative side.
1: Mm-hmm. The brownie glaze lip tip, for example, that got yeah. backlash. How do you respond to
2: that? I think for me, you know, it would never be my intention to make anyone feel disrespected or to feel like I appropriated anyone or anything. And I do acknowledge and I do understand that it's very important to, you know, point people in the direction of where something comes from Mm -hmm. and to highlight that and to show where the credit comes Mm -hmm. from. And I really understood where everyone was coming from Mm -hmm. for that.
1: How does it feel to be someone that so many people have opinions about, whether fair or not, right? Mm -hmm. I think it can be hard sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I also think that you can't
2: expect to exist in this place and not have that. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes it's just a harsh reality check for me. Mm -hmm. And yes, I also think it boils down to, you know, having to learn how to navigate it and be able to shut all of that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, The internet is not real life to me. Mm -hmm. Like my real life with the people that I love is my real life and sometimes it's hard to just stay there and stay focused on that when Mm -hmm. things online can feel loud and disruptive. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of just the journey that I'm on.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've seen you leaning into it a little more or almost accepting it a little more. Like I heard you talk about this with Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow Mm -hmm. on your show. The nepotism thing, mm-hmm. you stepped out in a Nepo Baby t-shirt, yeah. explain that.
2: The Nepo Baby t-shirt was just meant to be um, my little comment on the the whole discourse that had been going around and, you know, my point to having worn the t-shirt was not to poke fun at it or, you know, kind of be like, yeah, I'm a Nepo Baby and ha ha type of a thing. It was more so to be like, this is what everyone is saying and I want you to know that this is my way of responding to it and my way of acknowledging it Mm -hmm. in a way that is so overly literal that it's like, I'm just gonna call myself a Nepo baby because I am one and I embrace that I am. But I thought what was funny about that is like, to me, the way the internet is, is like, nothing's ever enough. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I do that and it's like, half of people find it funny and they get the humor behind it and they got it. And then half the people are like, well, you're not even really a Nepo baby like that much. And I'm like, so, You're going to sit there and call me a Nepo baby all day long, but then I acknowledge it and then I'm not enough of a Nepo baby. So it's like, there is never any like winning with the internet. And that's what I've always time and time again realized. So Mm -hmm. that was just meant to be like a fun
1: response Mm -hmm. to everything that was being said. I got it. I will say that. Thank you. I'm probably too old to understand why this is an issue, but here we go. There's some ongoing drama between you, another celebrity, and eyebrows. Mm -hmm. and you reach out to her saying you've been getting death threats. How do you tune out that kind of noise? What
2: I will say is I don't think that this is about me, Hailey Bieber, and Selena Gomez. This is not about Mm -hmm. this pitting between two women and division between two women. It's about the vile, disgusting hatred that can come from completely made up and twisted and perpetuated narratives, um, that can be really dangerous. And I think that it's an opportunity to really stand for bringing people together and not being okay with the kind of division that it caused. Because I'm not okay with the kind of division that it caused. I I don't like this whole idea of team this person and team this person. I'm just not about that. I want to be able to bring people together. And I think that that was a really important moment for people to see that you can do that and you can bring people together and it doesn't have to be about
1: this divisive nature. It's such a frustrating old narrative, like two women being pitted against each other over a man. Because of a guy, it's right. awful. I hate it. I've
2: hated it since the beginning and I think that kind of goes back to a little bit of just being misunderstood when it's like, time and time again, I don't know why I keep having to say and we keep having to say mm-hmm. that there is no issue and there is no mm-hmm. problem. Like, mm-hmm. It's so disappointing mm-hmm. that people still behave this way because of like over a man. It's, yeah, it's the world we live in, unfortunately.
1: The backlash can be so swift and fierce and relentless and now you've got this business, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you think about that? And how, you know, when public opinion sways, Mm -hmm. what does it mean for the brand? What does it mean for the business? Yeah,
2: I definitely, my head goes there because like I've said so many times, like this is my, this brand is so important to me and of course I don't want silly, made up drama to affect Mm -hmm. what I'm focused and working on. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, you kind of just have to keep it pushing and just keep moving forward. It doesn't mean that the work falls to the side because of noise and because things are being said, Mm -hmm. because there's always going to be noise and there's always going to be things that are said. And if it's not that, it's going to be something else. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of about just knowing just how to navigate it as it comes because it wasn't the first time and it won't be the last time Mm -hmm. and just staying focused on what's important.
1: Have you evolved how you use your own social media at all since you've become a founder? Do you feel like the stakes are higher in a way? It's not about the stakes being higher, but I think,
2: you know, the conversation is different. You know, we're talking about different things. I'm promoting my own brand I think sometimes the content is a little bit different. Maybe mm-hmm. it's more beauty focused now, which is really actually fun for me and exciting for me because it's the thing that I like love mm-hmm. talking about and and showing and doing the most. Mm-hmm. But I think that also just over the last couple of years, I think that you learn what you're comfortable with sharing and what you're not mm-hmm. and you know, maybe I'm not wanting to show my life 24/7 or I probably have reeled it in a bit more than I maybe would mm-hmm. have in the past just because of privacy, mm-hmm. but Other than that, I kind of am just like, I post what I like, and I share what I enjoy, and I share what I like. And from makeup tips to outfits to different things, like, I just share what I like with people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like good social media is about authenticity, right? Like, how do you think about that? Yeah,
2: and I think sometimes it's hard to be as authentic as possible through a screen, but that's why I keep saying I just share what I like, and I share what I
1: think is fun and cool and exciting. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from starting a business?
2: The biggest lesson I've learned is that there's going to be mishaps and mistakes. And the problem for me is that I'm a perfectionist. So when issues come up or problems arise or there's hiccups, I'm like, like, how do we stop it and fix it? And it's like, it actually is just part of the learning process so that you can grow and evolve into the best brand possible and become a better brand through The learning, and sometimes the learning is really hard, especially if you're like a perfectionist people pleaser. So I think that's the biggest thing I've had to learn is like just take them as they come and take it as a lesson on how to do better moving forward.
1: People pleaser. I feel like I hear a lot of women say that a lot. Do you feel like that's one of your flaws or just part of your character? I think it's something that I
2: struggle with, yeah, mm. for sure. I don't necessarily think it's a flaw. I think it's something that it's like, it comes from the, the, the base of where I think that comes from is I just care so much. Mm. I care so deeply about people. I care about my, fr- like, I'm a people pleaser with my friends, with like, with every aspect of my mm. life, it's just like, it's because I really just care.
1: With everything that you're doing, and there's so much more than Road, the YouTube shows, the, mm-hmm. you know, the fashion and makeup tips, the, you know, content to commerce cycle, that we're seeing, are we seeing you try to separate the Haley from the Bieber and the Baldwin at all?
2: I think that it's hard to say that you can separate it because it's like, this is my life. That is the family I come from and Mm. that is my husband. There is no denying that. And I don't wanna try to run away from that. I'd like to just embrace that Mm. and then say, this is where I come from and this is who I'm married to, but this is who I am. So Mm. I think there's a space that within all of that for people to understand, take any last name out of it, like who exactly is Haley? Mm-hmm. And I think my journey with the YouTube channel and you know, the, who's in my bathroom and those different mm-hmm. things and kind of the vlog style videos I put out is really just to, for people to be able to connect to who Haley is without the last names, without the headlines, mm-hmm. without the gossip, without all that other stuff and just form their own connection to me personally, mm-hmm. as much as that's possible through. right. Social
1: media. So 10 years from now, mm-hmm. what do you want people to be talking about? That's a good question
2: I know what I don't want them to be talking about anymore <laughs> I definitely see like kids in the picture mm. and You know kind of just on that maybe journey of motherhood and into this like different space of life obviously I hope road is you know doing its thing and you know Maybe we'll have evolved into some other really, you know, baby categories, whatever it may be. Mm. I think uh, I always want Road to be a reflection of my life and where I'm at and -hmm. and what's going on with me in that time. So I feel like if I see that being motherhood in a different space, then I feel like the brand in some ways will definitely reflect that as well.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Circuit. I'm Emily Chang. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Emily Chang TV. You can watch full episodes of The Circuit at Bloomberg.com and check out our other Bloomberg podcasts on Apple Podcasts, the iHeart Media app, or wherever you listen to shows. And let us know what you think by leaving us a review. I'm your host and executive producer. Our senior producer is Lauren Ellis. Our associate producer is Lizzie Phillip. Our editor is Sebastian Escobar. Thanks so much for listening.